Last episode, I set out to understand what's in a vape and what they're doing to our health. Yeah, I want to know what's in it. Like, is there nicotine in it? Is there anything else we need to be worried about? But I kind of glossed over the fact that I had strolled into a shop. I do have a vape list and bought a nicotine vape without a prescription, which has been illegal for some time. They're being illegally sold, containing nicotine, pretending to be nicotine free. So why is something that's illegal still so readily available at your local corner store? Loopholes. Non-nicotine loopholes. Going through a loophole and bypassing the current regulation? Yeah, I think there is a whole lot of confusion about what's the law, what are the new laws, what are the old laws, how is this any different? From The Daily Oz, this is Understanding Vapes. Episode 2, How Illegal Are Vapes? When vapes first entered the Australian market around 2008, they were regulated on a state and territory level, meaning things were pretty haphazard and inconsistent. Technically, nicotine vapes weren't allowed to be sold, but they still were. So eventually in 2021, the federal government stepped in to reinforce the fact that nicotine vapes could not be sold anywhere in Australia without a prescription. That was already the law at a state level in every state in Australia. Mm. So this was just clarifying, nope, this applies nationally, this is a federal law. Mm. I've come to speak with Associate Professor Becky Freeman. She's a public health expert at the University of Sydney and a leading expert in tobacco control, as well as all things to do with vape reform. And so we thought, okay, let's go down to our local shops, see what's happening. Well, vapes are still widely available for sale. They're everywhere. New vape shops are opening all the time. Mm -hmm. New convenience retailers popping up. So you think, well, clearly this law really had no impact at all. We're going to come back to Becky. But first, I wanted to hear straight from the person actually in charge of regulating vapes. It's been illegal to buy a nicotine vape without a prescription in Australia for some time. Recently, I walked into a tobacconist and bought one. Why is it still so easy to do that? Well, because they've been legal loopholes. Mark Butler is the federal health minister. He is the person that Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has put in charge of vape reforms. There's been this distinction between nicotine vapes, which are illegal, and non-nicotine vapes, which are apparently completely legal. What we know is the only reason people vape is to get the nicotine hit. So what we've seen people overseas bringing these things into Australia do is to try and exploit that loophole, present vapes as being non-nicotine, when actually they contain heaps of nicotine products. How do you tell the difference between a nicotine vape and a non-nicotine vape? You have to test it in a lab. Just a reminder, this is Associate Professor Becky Freeman. She's a public health expert at the University of Sydney. There's no sort of like sniff test we can do at the counter. There's no, they're not labelled correctly. And so an enforcement officer would go to, say, a convenience store, see a product for sale that they suspected had nicotine in it, send it down to colleagues in probably in Wollongong to have it tested, invariably find it has nicotine in it, go back to the shop, seize those products, but by that time, that shop is probably selling something else. And so enforcement became, if not impossible, a complete nightmare. You 
You might remember that last episode, I visited the University of Wollongong to see what was in the vape I picked up at my local tobacconist. Obviously, the really high concentration of nicotine. But there were a bunch of other vapes getting tested there too. So talk me through here, are these ones that you've purchased online? Um, so these are ones we've purchased online or in stores. This is Dr. Jody Moller, Senior Lecturer in the School of Chemistry and Molecular Bioscience at the University of Wollongong. And some of these are also ones that the New South Wales Ministry of Health have confiscated from, from stores in New South Wales. We actually have an example here of one that this has a production date of, if I can find it, June 2021. Jody's showing me what the packaging on vapes used to look like, back before the government introduced their regulations in October 2021. There's a clear warning label mentioning nicotine on the front. So it says, this product contains nicotine, nicotine is an addictive chemical. And that's very clearly on the front. But after October 2021, the packaging looks a bit different. So this one, exactly the same brand, exactly the same model, two months later, and the word nicotine nicotine has been removed. So as soon as the regulatory change was announced, these manufacturers immediately shifted Mm -hmm. to change their packaging. And this still does contain nicotine, even though it doesn't mention on the packaging anywhere that it does. So the prescription model for nicotine vapes has never been working as it was designed because of this non-nicotine loophole. Back at the University of Sydney, Associate Professor Becky Freeman tells me this is why, last year in 2023, the Federal Health Minister, Mark Butler, announced some new reforms. No more bubblegum flavours, no more pink unicorns, no more vapes deliberately disguised as highlighter pens for kids to be able to hide them in their pencil cases. The government realised that simply cracking down on nicotine vapes didn't work. There were too many loopholes. Instead, they decided to try getting rid of disposable vapes altogether. The new laws introduced for 2024 make it really clear. Disposable vapes can't be sold, can't be available. None of this back and forth testing, relying on retailers to do the right thing. Retailers have proven they can't do the right thing. They sold illicit products in broad daylight to teenagers. You've known about that loophole for some time. Why has it taken this long to crack down on this loophole? Mm. I was really concerned that vaping rates were climbing dramatically among younger people. It's still very new, so we were gathering evidence about how dangerous that was. I'm back in Canberra speaking with the Federal Health Minister, Mark Butler. Originally, we thought we would have to pass legislation through every single parliament in the country, so every state parliament, the parliament here in Canberra, That would have taken a lot of time. So instead, what we've managed to do is come up with a regulatory response that allows us just to pass stuff here in Canberra, and that will cover the whole field. If this was a simple story, that would be it. There was a problem, a loophole in the legislation. The government introduced new laws and problem solved. Loophole closed. But this is not a simple story. Remember how at the lab in Wollongong, Jody showed me how vape manufacturers tapped into a loophole by removing the word nicotine from their packaging almost immediately after that 2021 reform. These manufacturers immediately shifted to change their packaging. Well, there are signs something similar might happen with these new reforms. This is called the iGet Bar. Yeah. Um, so this is the most popular device among young I'm people in Australia. That. And it's clearly, as you can see, it's absolutely everywhere. You may not be familiar with the name I Get Bar, but you are probably familiar with the vape. 
They're the brightly coloured kind of rectangular ones that say rock on the front with the skull. If you're in a busy public place right now, look around, because chances are someone's holding one right next to you. So this is a really, really popular device. So in May of 2023, the health minister announced that um, disposables were going to be banned in Australia. Making the iGet bar illegal. Within a couple of months of that happening, we saw this device arrive on the market. What is that? Jody is holding something new. It looks like the iGet bar, except this one is round instead of a rectangle. And it's designed a bit differently. So this is called the iGet Bar Plus. Ah. This is not disposable. What? This is actually a pod device. So this is the battery and this is the pod. So it's so, like the same thing. It's just this bit comes off the end. Exactly the same thing, except that bit comes off. And you can see they're actually designed to look like a bottle, not to look like a disposable device. Mm. So they're deliberately trying to manipulate the market again to get these to get these into oh. Australia. So this year, this might be the thing that people have in their pencil cases. Yeah, at exactly school. right. In case you need a reminder of how we got here. Last year, the government announced they would be cracking down on the import of disposable vapes from January 1. What Jody's saying is that the manufacturers of one of the most popular disposable vapes quickly adapted to make a vape that technically isn't disposable. It's like the government closed the disposable vape door and vape makers just opened a window. But it's possible the government saw this coming because they already have more reforms on the way. From the 1st of March, it will be illegal to import and supply any, any vape that does not comply with TGA standards. This is the Health Minister, Mark Butler, announcing new reforms beyond just the crackdown on disposable vapes. Basically, the government wants to introduce a new set of rules for any vapes being imported or sold in Australia. That it be non-disposable, that it be plainly packaged, that it not be flavoured, and that have a range of other conditions about nicotine content and the absence of certain chemicals we know to be particularly harmful. What this means is that from March, the government plans to make it illegal to import or sell any vape without a prescription from a doctor. But to implement part of these reforms, the government will need to introduce legislation. And that legislation will need support from other members of parliament outside the government. How hard are you going to push against the upcoming reforms? Oh, I'll keep fighting. I'll fight every tooth and no way I can. I'm this is Senator Matt Canavan from the Nationals. That means he's part of the coalition opposition to the government. Uh, I'm not a vapor. I don't encourage my kids or anyone uh, to vape. I don't think it's the right thing to do. But sometimes people are going to do things that you don't think are right. And so there's already a, a, a vibrant uh, crime supply of vapes. I think a lot of that is ending up in our schools, which is terrible. And now that the government's going to effectively make it illegal uh, uh, to buy a vape from anywhere but a pharmacy, uh, we're only going to supercharge that crime supply network. It's only going to become a worse problem, in my view, in our schools. One key argument made by advocates for vapes is that vaping can save lives. Vaping has been a very effective way to give up smoking, to give up a much worse habit. And all the evidence out there is that Vaping is much better for your health, even though it's not something I'm encouraging. But if you do find yourself addicted to smokes, uh, vapes is probably a better option. There is some evidence that for some individuals, a vape will help them quit smoking. But the evidence also says that for the majority of people who smoke, who then go on to vape, they don't quit smoking. Well, there's a couple of points there, Nina. One, uh, 
It's not just some evidence that vaping is an effective quitting tool. It's the conclusion of a thing called the Cochrane Review. The Cochrane Review is a sort of a, a peer review of the peer-reviewed science. It's a, a collection of all the science. And they updated their findings on vaping in November last year, and they found very strongly uh, that vaping is the most effective quitting, smoking quit, quit, quitting tool. We spoke to Senator Matt Canavan and he's a staunch advocate for the legalisation of vapes mm -hmm. and he told us that vaping is the number one tool for quitting smoking. Mm -hmm. Is that true? So we know that about two thirds to three quarters of people who have quit smoking successfully do so without any specific aids. This is Professor Emily Banks from the Australian National University. She's a leading expert on the health impacts of vaping. One of the other things that we see in our Australian community, if you look at who is using e-cigarettes, a lot of people who are using e-cigarettes are actually smoking as well. So they're dual using, and they might be saying, I'm using it to quit, but actually they're continuing to do both. And in doing both, they're exposing themselves to the hazards of both of those things, the risks of both of those things. When you look at, look at young people, the majority of young people who use e-cigarettes had not smoked before they started using e-cigarettes. It's clearly not a product for them to quit smoking. It's about getting more people using it. And how many of them then go on to cigarettes? So what we know is that young people who use e-cigarettes are three times as likely to go on to smoke as young people who don't use e-cigarettes. Will you win the war on vapes? Well, we're determined to, to stamp this out. This is Federal Health Minister Mark Butler. This is so clearly a product now targeted at young people. You know, the pretense that was made by the industry years ago that this was a product for hardened, long-term smokers, people my age who might have been smoking for 30 years, has been shown to be complete rubbish. This is not what that product is targeted at. It's targeted at kids to get them hooked on nicotine and then get them onto cigarettes a little bit later. And you know, I just think it's, it's become a source of outrage to parents, to school communities, certainly is to me, and I'm determined to do everything I can to stamp it out. Are you expecting a fight on these regulations? We always prepare for a fight. I don't have a lot of power. <laughs> I'm um, fighting against some of my own party, of course. I was, uh, I think, the only Liberal and National Senator who voted to legalise vapes. Just a reminder, this is National Senator Matt Canavan. Just, I see my job as, as trying to do what I think is right for the country. Uh, and trying to do right for a lot of people out there who find that vapes are a much easier way to quit smoking. So that's what I want, that's the outcomes I want, I'll just keep fighting for that. Next episode, the fight ahead. We're going to look a bit deeper at the role big tobacco has to play. The tobacco industry has always fought very hard against these sorts of regulations. If I put it down to one thing, it is access and power. It is not time for us to pat ourselves on the back and think, oh, job done, tobacco industry beat. No, they'll be back. This series was written and edited by me, Nina Kopel. Joe Kiley was our producer, Lucy Tassel was our fact checker, and Billy Fitzsimons was our executive producer. Hi, I am Billy and I'm the editor at The Daily Oz. Now, for those listening right now, it means you've listened right to the very end of this episode. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening to The Daily Oz. Now, if you're interested in helping us grow, there is one thing you could do. If you could share this episode to your Instagram stories, it will help share our content to as many young people as possible. And most importantly, it will inform them on what they need to know about vaping. Thank you so much for your support, and I can't wait for you to hear episode three. Ready? And this is The Daily Oz. This is The Daily Oz. This is The Daily Oz. 
Oh, now it makes sense. 